Smokey just came out of the tunnel and is 100 yards away. If I have my deer rifle, I believe I could drop him. Back to you, Eli. In the immortal words of Jerry Duncan on the third Saturday in October, perhaps the most important weekend in any Bammer's life, we are the Houndstooth Heroes, a fully integrated sports machine. I am Greg Dawkins, and I'm joined as always by my friend Alice Metz. Real quickly, you can follow us on SoundCloud, Houndstooth Heroes. Thanks to the mothership, Roll Bama Roll, for allowing us to be their most unofficial podcast. And you can find and subscribe to us on iTunes, on our Facebook page, or on our Twitter account at H2Th Heroes. As I mentioned, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Ellis Metz. How are you doing, Ellis Metz? I'm doing great. I gotta say, it still sounds weird to actually say you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So fancy. So fancy. So ridiculous fancy. So tell me, uh, as always, you gotta know, what you drinking? Well, I, I came home and opened up the liquor cabinet, expecting to pour something big and brown, and realized that the only brownness I had in there was Tennessee made. So oh, that's not- no, it wasn't going to work. I did what any good bammer would do and pulled out the Moscow Mule mugs that a good friend of mine uh, on this podcast gave me <laughs> and made myself a tasty little mule. How about you? Well, that's delightful. It's nice. I, on the other hand, am enjoying, well, I'm about to switch. I, uh, a friend of the program, Bill Howard, brought dropped by some uh, um, his fantastic Wild Bill's wing sauce. So mm. I have made some wings, and I'm washing them down with a tasty American lager. But I too am about to switch to some brown brown uh, brown water. I hear you. Is that uh, is that some local wing sauce? What's the story? In there? fact, in fact, it, it's funny you should ask. Why? Yes, straight out of Orange Beach, Alabama. Uh, Wild Bill wing sauce is available throughout the South now. But uh, you can look for it in your Winn-Dixie or Publix. If it's not there, it will be soon. Uh, fantastic stuff. Get on it. It's local made. Uh, moving on to the most important things in our lives are the horrible things. What's horrible with you, Ellis? Well, per usual, everything. Uh, on a semi-serious note, this weekend was broken into, had the house burglarized. The burglarized. Burglarized. Uh all in all, you know, none of the TVs or anything were stolen, but I am kind of sore about what was stolen. Which? Uh, it was a, a box under my TV that held my beloved Nintendo 64. <laughs> I know, yeah. I had Mario Kart, I had GoldenEye, all gone. And then on top of that, I just realized as we were setting up to do this that it apparently also had my headset for our podcasts. Oh my. So now I'm podcasting here like a hobo. You're just a raw dog in this podcast. That's that's exactly right. What is horrible in your life? What you're telling me is, uh, those of you who don't know, I'm in Orange Beach, Alabama. Ellis is in Nashville, Tennessee. What you're telling me is a Tennessee burglar broke into your home and did not take the television situated directly above the Mario Kart box. Right. Just took the Mario Kart. They were so incompetent that they <laughs> smashed a door, uh, apparently strictly for an outdated gaming system. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I was... That's classic was, Vol. The classic... Got to guarantee you he was wearing a Vol sweatshirt. <laughs> Tell me what is horrible in your life now. Nothing is horrible, but except that the Cubs are 0-2. 0-2. And uh, tonight is game three in Wrigley, and if you know me, I'm a big ball of angst. Yes. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a complete wreck. 
Um, speaking of what, uh, completely un- unrelated, a customing uh, television commercial just came on. I'd like to remind everybody that you'll be able to acquire Houndstooth Heroes T-shirts. Uh, in in fact, within 24 hours, they will be available. Wow. So if you check out any of our uh, social media or uh, anything online that we do, we will be making them available to you. So check it out. And thank you for Custom Link for uh, Custom Link for airing a uh, airing a television commercial at an apropos time. Yeah, yeah. And I just add to that, you're gonna like the way you look. We oh, guarantee it. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right, let's get to it, man. Uh, the A and M game. Your tide prevailed, forty-one twenty-three. But as always, with this tide team, there are things to hate. What'd you hate? What's the most thing we hated? I mean, stop me if you've heard this before. The most hated thing has to be, yet again, a disaster from the special teams unit. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was ugly. Um, we we told you last week to keep your eye on one speedy Noyle strictly because his name was Speedy and he is right. from Texas. Uh, and he burned us with a 68-yard punt return touchdown. And shortly after that, your boy, Cyrus Jones, uh, yeah. yeah, fumbled our own punt return. I know, you uh-huh. guys, I promise this is the Tennessee Week podcast. You're not re-listening to any of Every the, week of the four spot. or five podcasts before this. Uh, so what was a 28-6 lead over Texas A&M, quickly evaporated to a 28-20 to 20 lead, uh, and then we had a pump block. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. All right, here's what is on the same topic. And it's not as much about the miscues that led to points. It's about dumbassery, all right? J.K. Scott's inability to squib punt when you need it. All right, here's a golf analogy for you. If you have a... Let's say you know an eighty and like an eighty yard chip. I'm not even good at golf, but I know enough of how to take a little bit off and let it be a sixty yard chip. You know enough not to pull out your driver, right? Yeah. J.K. Scott just unzips and pulls it out <laughs> as big as he can possibly. He brings go the three wood every time on every damn punt. You know, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there on the forty five, and yes. So we can't make a field goal from our from from the forty five. So we're going to punt. But you know, I don't know. In addition to having the leg, you've got to know enough to you know let it be a twenty five yard punt. I mean, the kid was. I mean, granted, they're not opportunities for, to, to do them all the time. But he was zero for eight inside the twenty. Mm. He had three touchdowns. Um, Touchbacks. Right, and you 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 don't always need a long one. That's what she said. Um. I I literally couldn't resist. Um, (laughs) You know, there are flashes that I think last year's JK is back, which is encouraging. Uh, He had the length, yeah. He had the length, but we still have a long way to go. Yeah, he he just doesn't have the – he didn't have the – it wasn't precise Mm -hmm. where where it needed to be. Thanks, Bobby Um, Williams. I understand you have some issues with the officiating. Bruh. Bruh. Just a, another disaster, a true garbage fire from the officials. I am one who typically recognizes that Alabama may get an additional break or two, and I don't like to call out the SEC officiating office if I don't have to. But that initial tackle of Jake Coker by kind of the neck, chin, mm-hmm. 
And I don't, is the rule, do you think that they saw that and said, no, that was actually his chin strap, not a face mask? I don't know. I watched it three or four, I, you know, I just rewound it and kept watching, kept watching, and trying to figure out what they grabbed. Uh, but it was something. Yeah, I, there, I don't, there I don't has really to know. be a flag there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was so, I mean, it was, my point is that it may not have been a face mask. But in every other scenario, it's called a face mask. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. you got to do something. I mean, I've seen face masks called for L- fractions, Marvin. fractions, yeah, of just, that. Just for, I mean, just for slapping the face mask. I yes, mean. exactly, right. And this, this dude at least grabbed something. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, man, um, there was a punt return where there was at least one obvious block in the back. I thought... Your boy Gary Danielson was about to come out of the booth for that one. Gary was a little a little frisky. He got worked up. He really did. He, which, did. Hey, he did. I love it. Good. Exactly. Um, so um, that- additionally, look, this is a, a weird little trend. We, we try to talk about trends here because mm-hmm. we're not real good with X's and O's. And this is a weird little trend that develops. When things go wrong, they just go, I mean, we just, just dump out the shit bucket. I mean, everything can possibly go wrong does at one point in time. And I'm talking about the entire end of the second quarter was a sloppy disaster. Ugh, yeah. I mean, after yeah, after the punt return for a touchdown, Damian Harris receives a, 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 oh, a kickoff and didn't quite know what to do. I mean, and I granted he's he's a freshman and maybe that's the reason, but, you know, it bounces in the end zone. He, he feels like he had to take it out when he really didn't have to take it out. He mm-hmm. could have taken a knee and it would have been fine. Uh, and that's fine. We didn't know what to do with that. Then after that, we have two consecutive move, movement penalty, penalties deep in our own territory. It just it just all seems, when one thing goes wrong, it just seems to snowball on us. Yeah, that was that was scary. And in Harris's defense, I wasn't sure what the rule there was about if he didn't like force the ball through the end zone. He didn't have to right. touch it. Um, I, I, I get that. He was 18. You know, right, he doesn't yeah. know. And it could have very well have gone the other way. And then you're, then what? Right, yeah. Um, the connected to that, those two false start penalties are a direct result of the thing that I really hated most from this game, which was the Ryan Kelly injury. Dude, uh, yeah, he he and, left the field. I guess woozy, woozily, woozily. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. And there were varying reports. A lot of people were saying dehydration and some different things, but it does turn out that he was concussed. Um, we brought in one J.C. Hassenauer. And that one did not go well. It didn't go great, but... No, it did not. Well... He got, for lack of a better word, he got blowed up. Yes, yes, he did. Um, yeah, the, the A&MD sort of came to life when he came out on the field, just started licking their chops, and Miles Garrett then proceeded to uh, sort of stack his stat line as it were yeah. so it, it sort of raises questions about the depth that, of the offensive that, line yeah about the and that they the problem is the interior of their defensive line had done nothing all day they right. could not stop anybody they couldn't get penetration all of a sudden the high was in and that and i can't recall, remember his name but i think it starts with an h but uh he's a he's He's a D lineman somewhere in the middle. All of a sudden, he was just blowing people up, making getting getting penetration left and right. And it may have been Hasnauer not being ready to go in. I don't know, uh, but you do. Ha- I mean, that's your if you're a backup, you have to be ready to go in at any time. That's yeah. your job. Yeah, yeah. So questions there, but uh, it does sound like from the early reports this week that Ryan Kelly will be back Saturday, Woo! which is uh, 
you can't state that big enough. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, even if he's not ready, concussed Ryan Kelly is better than Hassenauer. Yeah. A couple of quick hitter hates before we change the subject. You had a problem with some of the late personnel used, huh? I did. All right, Derrick Henry. Yes. All right. If you're, uh, if you recall correctly, there was one horrific injury on an individual by the name of Tyrone Prothrow. Yes. In a Florida game, when we were up by 21 points. Mm. Now, here's the deal. At the very end of this game, we had like a minute, and a minute and five seconds left. Everybody assumed we were about to take a knee. Gary Danielson was, and, and even Uncle Vern was smart enough to know we were going to take a knee. Well, we didn't. We run Derrick Henry, and he, Derrick Henry picks, picks up six yards, and that's great. But Like he did all day. All damn Sorry. day. But the problem is, why are you doing that? Right. You don't when you don't need to use your, you know, when you, your biggest weapon, why are you using him? You know, granted it worked out fine and I don't want to be the doomsdayer guy, doomsday guy, but you know, on the 6-yard run if he if he tears an ACL, then what? And then I'm going to look at you like, "Really, dude? Really?" Yeah. You you ran him for 6 yards when you didn't need it and this is what happened. That might get you run out the state of Alabama. You ain't lying, son. What, you going to be a full-time Mercedes-Benz owner? (laughs) Like we do. Uh The uh, last thing I had on my list, who I truly hated after Saturday, was that freaking Aggie kicker. Oh, go to hell. I hated that guy. Man, by the name of Bertolette, just drilling them from the 50 like they're PATs. Is he Spanish? What is he even? even (laughs) Is he Cajun? I don't know. He doesn't sound like an American. No. I guess, we shouldn't, I guess we shouldn't talk about non-Americans kickers. <laughs> well, we are still listing our hates, so we could. Uh, but Well, he was, okay, the Polish sausage was fine today. He was this, serviceable. Yeah. He was serviceable. Now, we did not line him up for a 55-yard field goal because I would have taken so many shots if that was going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, no, he did his job. We, we are aware of his limitations. Um, it would be nice. <laughs> to have a kicker who could fire off a 55-yard field goal like it was a PAT, but we do not. No. We have the Polish sausage instead. Yeah, so is what it is. All right, we are going to pivot here, oh. and I'm going to hit you with a joke to get us started. Oh, let's. let's you ready let's, for this? Are, are right. these going to be better than your boy Justin's? Oh, I think these are Justin's. <laughs> <laughs> do you already know this? All right. All right, go ahead. Uh, somebody asked Kyle Allen what his favorite number is. Do you have any guesses? I don't. I don't either, but I bet he would pick six. What? <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, in Sorry. case you're missing, the king of the, of the bad third Saturday in October joke is front of the program, uh, Justin Hurley. Follow him on Twitter. I don't know what his Twitter account is. You probably do, uh, but you can find him. Uh, but he's been rolling with the uh, corny jokes that, uh, that are not to be missed. So true. Yes, and the joke there, the punchline is in reference to our boy, Minka, a.k.a. the Falconer Fitzpatrick. Uh, see, no, no, no. Uh, see, it kind of works, though. A Falconer controls the Falcons, and I know it right? Fits, but I just, I just can't abide a Falcon on my, on my podcast. I think it's already there, man. I think it's happened. <clears throat> You're an awful person. <laughs> yes. Absolutely the worst. All right, talk about the Falconer, pal. Yeah, uh, it started the game off right, got us a pick six quick. Um and then kind of closed the game, got us another one. He played a great game, kept his head on the QB like we rarely see mm-hmm. or not always see. Um, and he and, is 
is the team's second leading scorer at this point? It's he's like, actually third. Third, okay, behind. He's behind, behind Henry and Griffith. Right. Okay. Yeah, so he has 18 points on the year, and I don't think he's far behind Griffith, to be honest. Um, well, you know, the kicker, you know. Yeah, like you Maybe if the kicker did his job, he'd be far ahead. Well, that's, yeah, we would also Speaking probably. Speaking of other people, we have always been huge fans. Always. Never have we doubted Eddie Jackson. Nope, and shame on all you who did. <laughs> Shame on you for doubting Eddie Jackson. Eddie, we Eddie love you. Eddie Jackson with the pick six, you know, bringing and another regular interception, bringing the heat like yeah. he always has done. Because we have always on this program been gigantic fans of Eddie Jackson, and I dare you to find the instances where we said something. That's different. right. That's right. Please don't look. Um, <laughs> yeah, and really, just our whole defensive backfield—a ton of young guys back there: Ronnie Harrison, Marlon Humphreys. Speaking um, of Marlon Humphreys. Yes. All right. As you know, I have been somewhat critical of Marlon Humphreys and his inability to use his neck. Like I thought it, uh, like I thought it didn't work. Right. Like right. he was un- un- unable to turn his head and look at the ball to avoid the defensive pass interference penalty. Well, lo and behold, mm-hmm. Marlon Humphrey has a neck that turns. He, at the end of, when was that? I can't remember exactly when it was. It was late in the game, mm-hmm. but they were it was they were driving. Uh, Marlon Humphrey actually turns his head to no. to knock a pass down, which would have ordinarily, in any other circumstance, been a DPI. It was not a DPI and forced them out of a touchdown into a field goal, which made a world of difference in the game. So. Big props to Marlon Humphrey. I was wrong. You were right. Well, hey, big props. And, again, another young guy stepping up. Uh, the guy who stepped up the biggest, though, and we've mentioned him in our hates, but this was certainly a did-not-hate, King Henry himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, kid finished with 236 yards on 32 carries. He, I think, set the record for most consecutive touchdowns by an Alabama player. Um, and, yep. and, granted, A&M has a terrible run D. But work. he just dominated the afternoon. It was a great showing. Is he back yeah. in the Heisman uh, debate after yeah, that? Yeah, you know, who knows? <clears throat> you got four. I mean, if he's if you compared to Fournette, I don't. Yeah, you, know, you know, the Heisman is you know the Heisman is never about about right about on the field on the field. I mean, it, it to a sense it is, but it's who has captured the imagination of the media, yeah. and Leonard Fournette has captured the imagination of the media. Uh, so I would say no, unless something happens on November the seventh, where Derrick mm. Henry runs wild and, and Leonard Fournette has twenty four yards. Yeah. In that case, I would say that 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 might flip the switch. That would be wonderful, and yeah, definitely. I think the nation is kind of prepping for another major Alabama LSU showdown. Exactly. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I thought Fournette. One other, was, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say I thought Fournette was ready to run away with this thing, but Florida held him in check pretty easily. One of one guy on this podcast told you that LSU and Florida was going to be a close game. You know, they had to fake something. I don't know if it's a field goal or a mm-hmm. punt. They faked something to which was the difference in a seven point game. Yeah, and I don't know if you listen to less, but that's because seven is more than three. Exactly. Uh-huh. The man is a genius. He knows <laughs> you can't argue with that. No, you really can't. Uh, one other thing you can't argue with is. Uh, our man Jake Coker in this game. Let me tell you something, man. With 8.53 to go in the third quarter, I fell in love with Jake Coker, who, by the way, has been nicknamed Vanilla Vic. Yes, yes. 
I take issue with any Vic reference. I will go with Baby Roethlisberger. Okay, I, I like either of those. I think Reggie Ragland may be the one doing these uh, to pair him with Richard Mullaney, a.k.a. Slotty Pippen. Slotty Pippen, yeah. But nevertheless, my point was this. Uh, I think he did a lot in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and I know there's some negatives about this, and you'll get to those. But, um, okay, first of all, he was Jake Coker has never been the you know this team's favorite person. Right. It's not that he's rude or anything. It's just that he's not an outgoing guy. He's just uh, you know he's he keeps to himself. Doesn't really you know doesn't say much. I think he said a lot in this game uh, on two particular plays. Uh, you know with eight like as I said with eight fifty three to go in the second third quarter, dodged a sack that quite frankly earlier in the year he would have taken. Uh, took off running. And two separate and distinct dudes tried to hit him. Jake Coker plowed over them. <laughs> it was beautiful. Happened to get in the fourth quarter, another scramble, lowered his shoulder, and laid a dude out. And his reaction after that was gold. He was just he was he owned the dude and he knew it. And he was he was totally in charge of the moment. And it was a huge I mean, look, look St. Paul's men have no time for anybody's bullshit. No. And he showed it right then. Joe Jake Coker if I don't know if he's just an on the road quarterback, but if that's who he is, I'm in love with Jake Coker. Wow. It just felt like you were reading your diary entry from Saturday night or something. Well, I have my pants on this time. Whatever. <laughs> this time, thanks. Right. Uh yeah, those runs were insane. I mean, both of them he could have either slid or easily gotten to the sideline and chose to instead take the guy. Uh, straight on. Saban afterwards said he loves the way our team responds to those, which I thought was cool, but he also pointed out that he loves to watch how the other team responds to when Jake Coker does that. When he makes you your bitch. That's right. I was going to go with makes their ass quit. Right. That's mm-hmm. true, too. That's true, too. But, uh, and, I th- and we've got one more <laughs> thing that we love. A weird moment. Uh, I believe it was in the third or fourth quarter. It was when and the Joey game. Freshwater will provide a weird moment if you give him a, give him the time. <laughs> Joey will make things weird. It was when the game was still fairly tense, uh, and we had a fourth and one or so, maybe fourth and two, and um, and the team ran out there. There was some sort of weird personnel issue. I don't. I think maybe there were ten players on the field, and maybe yeah. there were two different plays called. Uh, time was definitely running out. Yeah, time was running out, and so Nick Saban sprints down the sideline toward the referee and tries to call a timeout, to which our boy, Joey Freshwater, just extends a hand and kind of just tells Saban not so much. Right, no, no, no. Step, step, of, step off, dude, step yeah, off. <laughs> yeah, he sort of angles in between Saban and the ref and uh, lets them both know that this play is going to run and is going to work, and it did. It was a little toss sweep to Henry <laughs> for the first down. I love me some Joey Freshwater. And Panties probably dropped after that play that night. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. It was, yes, that's that's a given, I think. I think so. Anyway, all right, enough of the uh, enough of teams we've abused. Again, from Jerry Duncan, Tennessee folks are really giving it to our boys down here. They hate us, but by God, I hate them too. Mm. Back to you, Eli. Another moment from the third Saturday in October from the, the national treasure that was Jerry Duncan, let the hate flow through you, kids. It's ball week. But before we do that, uh, you want to talk a little bit about the tailgate? Well, sure, yeah. Your houndstooth heroes, your boys, are uh, meeting up with the mothership, Roll Bama Roll, to have a tailgate 
in front of Bidgood Hall on Saturday. Uh, it will feature beer from <coughs> friend of the program, Good People Brewing. Uh, mm-hmm. In addition to other foods, your best friend and my co-host, Greg Dawkins, is proud to be bringing in delicious pies from the Pie Lab. Why don't you tell us about those? I'm a big fan of the Pie Lab, uh, and I'm you know this is not a compensated uh, situation. Not that we get compensated for anything, but nevertheless, Pie Lab on, in Greensboro, Alabama, is doing you know fantastic lunches, but also the best pies in the state of Alabama and possibly the state of, in, in all of America. Uh, we will be enjoying a a. Coach's special oatmeal cream pie, but in mm. gigantic form. Uh, we'll also be having a tipsy pecan, which I believe has bourbon and Kahlua in it, in addition to a lemon chest pie. So make your way to the tailgate. Uh, we should be, it's a 2.30 kick, so we should be getting loose and conversational around, around 9.30 or 10. Uh, so feel free to join us. Enjoy some good people beer. Uh, uh, there will be food. There will be pie. There'll be, uh, you know, there'll be uh, fellowship. So enjoy us. Yeah, it should be a big time, and uh, I am. We're dealing with some house things, but planning to be there. You will certainly be there. It's gonna Absolutely. be a good time. And there will be t-shirts available. Hey. I just, uh, I will be in. I won't be in a t-shirt on game day, but uh, anyway, I will not be hard to find. So uh, let's not rule anything out on game day. You don't know. You don't you know. I mean, hell, might not be wearing a shirt at all. You don't know. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches, it's time for some hate. Uh, who you got Vol stories, pal? Well, yes, I've got many Vol stories. Our, uh, longtime listener, a.k.a. my dad, Fred. Hey, uh, Fred. Yeah, hey, dad. Has heard a good portion of my stories here, but I've got a new one this year I'm pretty excited about. Okay. Uh, obviously, in years past, I told the one about the preschool teachers who I still plan to take to court for child abuse at some point. Uh, they were horrible to The you. worst teachers. I would be sent to school on the third Friday in October, uh, decked out in my Crimson Tide gear, and would be sent back with like a, like a backpack full of orange confetti and a lunchbox that had been filled with all this orange stuff with it's an orange mission. t-shirt on. It was just, it was really degrading and uh, dehumanizing. It was not, it was not nice. Add to that, you live next door to Phil Fulmer. Well, I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> uh, Your best friend, Phil Fulmer. Yes, exactly. So many good times with that guy. But this this week always makes me reminisce a lot. Uh, you know, I've I've been to the past fifteen, I think, or fourteen at this point. Uh, so I, I set through the five overtime Casey Clausen game, which was truly a low point in my life. It was, but honest to God, that was one of my favorite games ever. Really. Yeah, I mean, Shula. we lost. But man, that was a fun game to be at. Until it ended. That's you a know, good that's, point. I was probably, fun. yeah, I was probably a little young to appreciate all the uh, competition and greatness that was going on in front of me. I was just devastated. Yeah, um, yeah. Cried like a little baby. I, I have no doubt that I did. Uh, was, <laughs> anyway. Was that Rocky <laughs> Stop, which I think is my favorite game. My boy, Roman Harper. Yeah, solid, Coming through. Solid. And then Rocky Block, obviously, another classic. But today, I've been thinking about another game. So harken back with me to October of 2000. Do we need like a... <laughs> yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Yes, so... The year 2000. To right. the year 2000. And uh, had some good family friends who gave my dad and I tickets to the game. 
So we uh, drove from Maryville about 20 minutes up to Neyland Stadium, uh, during which we got a flat tire in our minivan. So a minivan. Mm. Got a flat tire in the minivan. Should have known it was a bad signal, but we right. drove on to the game. Uh, by and large, it was a miserable game. Andrew Zhao was there doing Andrew Zowie things. Right, uh, right. It was. It turned out to be the sixth and what would ultimately be a seven-game losing streak for Alabama. It was dark days in, in big orange uh. country, as they like to uh. say. And so I remember late in the game, sitting there as it was all unfolding, just feeling awful about myself and really questioning my place in the universe, wondering why I would subject myself to being an Alabama fan uh, in East Tennessee in these awful days. And so and as those, that and question... those teacher bitches, too. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Right. They really scared me early. As that question is running through my mind, throughout the whole game, there's this one awful constant, and it's a punter by the name of David Leverton. It's actually Daniel, but we're going to call him David for, okay, okay. for these purposes. And so he was actually a decent punter. I think he was the punter the next year, or well, a couple years earlier when Tennessee won that one national championship that they still talk about. And so he would punt the ball, and then he would just dance all the way down the field. He would do like a drum major kick and lean way back. Uh, he made Deion Sanders look like Mother Angelica. It this was, is horrible. I can't, I can't remember anything about this. This is horrific. Dude, a punter would do this. And he did it like throughout the whole season. I mean, he did it to punters every are like SEC five, team. 10, buck 60. They're not like, you know, these are little dudes. No, like, not a big right. guy. I mean, just this scrawny little white guy who would dance these stupid dance moves all the way down the field. So that's going on. And I'm just wondering what I'm doing here, wearing crimson, <laughs> pulling for this awful team and program at the time. And then in the fourth quarter, late in the game, it was totally lost by this point, uh, an unlikely hero emerged for me and rekindled my own personal crimson flame. Uh, it was Dothan's own, number 25 in your books, Herschel Bolden, who uh, okay. some of you, if you remember that name, are probably still cursing him for many a missed coverage and, and various other on-field screw-ups. But late in the game at Neyland Stadium, we are some of the few. We came with two Tennessee fans and are some of the few Alabama fans still left watching this. Uh, freaking David Leverton boots this ball. It's a deep punt. It's like maybe inside the 10. And he starts jogging down the field, and you can see his shoulders getting to going, and he's getting ready to start shimmying. And then all of a sudden, our boy Herschel Bolden just sort of starts jogging up next to him, and they're kind of running toward the play. The play's still going. And right when you think the guy's going to break out into another song and dance, Bolden takes a hard 90-degree angle, lowers his shoulder, and just completely decleats the guy. <laughs> just, like, lifts him off the ground. And everybody's watching the punter because you know he's going to do this stupid dance. And so the stadium just erupts because he just totally... And it, it was clean. There was no penalty called. There was, oh, there was no penalty committed. But he just totally knocks this guy on his ass. That punter is like, he's dazed and is just rolling around on the ground. Nealon is booing louder than I've ever heard a stadium. And they actually took, they took him off. And uh, he went, he left immediately from the sideline and went and got stitches in his chin, which is hilarious. That's but that moment cemented to me why I was pulling for Alabama and why everyone 
should hate a Tennessee Vol. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Is this clip available on the YouTube for people to this, enjoy? Okay, so I actually have recently located this clip because I was so reminiscent I had to find it. So I'm going to try to figure out uh, this technology is far beyond me. If you've ever listened to our podcast, you understand our technology capabilities. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna. I think I can link to that clip. Otherwise, you'll have to sit through two hours of an Alabama loss to Tennessee, uh, which Vern called, and it is entertaining to see because he's 150 years old. Right, a, a slimmer Vern. He certainly doesn't look any younger, but slightly slimmer. Uh, but I'll try to post that to our Twitter account. It'll be worth watching. Outstanding. All right. Well, uh, that's probably the funniest thing I've heard today. Because uh, in a in a day of hearing not funny things, of course. So thank you for that. But Let's, so I guess we should go ahead and take a look at uh, the Vols themselves and, and all their hideousness. Um, here's my take on them. Uh-oh. All right. It's concerning to me. All right, and here's why. Um, everybody talks about – you hear the media say that Alabama doesn't know what to do with a spread offense. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Alabama doesn't know, know what to do with a very good quarterback. Um, we've, you know, if you've got to run a spread offense with a, you know, with a crappy quarterback, we got you. But if you look at the losses, Cam Newton, Johnny Menzel, Tim Tebow, Cardell Jones, those are the guys, those are the kind of guys that we lose to or not is, is, are the guys who the quarterbacks who can, when the play breaks down, can make one. And that's what scares me about Josh Dobbs. Yeah, and I mean, if you've ever watched a single Tennessee game on TV, they will tell you how smart Josh Dobbs is. Wow. Uh, he's also extremely big, 6'3", 207. Um, he won preseason All-SEC quarterback, which on the surface there's not a lot of competition, but for him to win over Dak Prescott is pretty impressive. Right. Yeah, um, last year, and he didn't play the whole season, threw for 1,200 yards, uh, ran for another 460, so pretty good, and they're... Florida game this year, he ran for 166 in a hilarious losing effort. That was hilarious. It was so good. Um, and over 100 again against UGA. Meanwhile, Arkansas held him to seven rushing yards. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, Georgia and Florida, Florida the Florida number concerns me. This concerns me the Georgia number doesn't. Because uh, Georgia is not exactly a defensive juggernaut like they were right. supposed to be. But right. Florida is. But... And I, so I assume we're going to look at some film and see what Arkansas did. Because if you hold that dude to seven yards, uh, you're doing something right. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he came in, if you'll remember, he didn't start against Alabama last year. And I don't remember if we knocked out the starter. I I, no, I think. Uh, I, this is too. No, it was last I year. I was I'm there, but I had, I had enjoyed a, quite a bit of the brown water. But I do. I don't think we knocked him out. I think he was just playing so poorly. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And he came in, and one of his first plays was what you talked about, it kind of a play breaking down. And he scrambled right, and one Reggie Ragland came in and put his helmet on the ball and sent it like a mile in the air <laughs> uh, down the other side of the field. And our boy, who we never doubted, Eddie Jackson, jumped on never. the ball. Mm-mm. We, we knew right then. We knew before then. So... Uh, so we have had some uh, practice shutting down Josh Dobbs. Yeah. To be honest, the way our team, our defense especially, is playing right now, I think Josh Dobbs will be forced into making some bad decisions, and I think our defensive backs will make him pay for bad decisions. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. If the defense plays like it is right now mm-hmm. and stays at home, stays disciplined, and does not 
you know, and covers like they're supposed to, and like they have been all year, you're going to see some interceptions, and then you're going to see some Josh Dobbs, uh, some scrambles that aren't going to aren't going to go as well as you think they are. This is yeah. not going to end well for you, this Josh. Is gonna, exactly, it's going to end horribly for you. Uh, and, and, you know, look, they are not. You know, some boring stats for you. They're eighth in the conference in offense. Pretty evenly divided between the rush and the pass. Uh, defensively, uh, we should uh, we should we should we should eat, eat you know let the big dog eat kind of situation. Mm-hmm. They are 13th in the conference ahead of only South Carolina, wow. averaging allowing 170 yards on the rush, 248 in the air. Uh, you know, and those those numbers are always skewed because we've got these other teams, but against the teams that have that are that matter. They've still allowed points. Oklahoma got 31. Florida, who can't score, got 28. Arkansas, who doesn't score much, got 24. And Georgia, who played most of the game without Nick Chubb, got 31. So, you know, it's expect some points. If, if you're a betting man, and certainly nobody on this podcast is, Mm-mm. I would lean toward the over in this game. Mm-mm. That's a hot take. Mm-hmm. I think they will rely heavily on – their running game, uh, Jalen Hurd is a decent little back. And then they have former beleaguered Alabama running back Alvin Kamara, who has actually seen kind of a growing role uh, in their offense over there. Uh, so I expect he'll probably be pretty amped for the game. And I, I think they'll have a little bit of success there, more success than we've seen some other teams have. Speaking of uh, dismissed backs, Mm-mm. you heard about LT Tenpenny today. Now, did he well, is he the gun charge? He is the gun charge. Okay. The guy who dispatched himself to UNLV got dismissed for uh, violation of team rules on you know unknown violation of team rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the UNLV coach, you know, if you're UNLV, you need all the help you can get. And basically, the UNLV coach is like, uh, "Yeah, we've got other guys. No big deal." He goes to McNeese State, and now he's got a gun charge. Yeah. Where this guy was, I can't recall the details in terms of his recruiting, but he was, if we had him, he was good. He was, right. he was a four or five star guy. And I'll, you know, another guy who's just pissed his life to hell for no reason at all. Yeah. I, I believe he was a five star out of Atlanta and the charges, he discharged a firearm somewhere. So it's not like he just yeah. happened to get pulled over and was strapped. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of, speaking of uh, pistol hot takes, Uh-oh. Uh, once again, we are, we are going to enjoy the Ellis Metz weekly. What are those? What are those? There were some good options this week. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Oregon game. You were probably mm. a, yeah. a little woozy by then. I was a little woozy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, they had a weird like key lime pie kind of combination going. Oh. There was this lime color and then like a neon and uh, like a cream. It was bizarre, but huh. to be expected out there. So strictly not to give it to Oregon. I'm going to hand it to the Urban Myers there in Columbus who wore this god-awful all-black kind of get-up uh, that was, it was really... It was a get-up. It was, it was truly a get-up. It uh-huh. looked like something you would wear for Halloween when you bought your costume the day before at Kmart. With with apologies to Jason Isbell's dad, it looked like an outfit. It looked like an outfit, and I feel like I should apologize to Kmart costumes everywhere for <laughs> comparing them to uh, these awful OSU jerseys. But I just saw it, and I had to ask, what are those? 
Solid, solid, mm-hmm. solid question. Thank you. All right, let's move on to our uh, picks, our horrible picks that tend to go horribly wrong, including our hate of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the week. week All right. Week, week. Well, okay, we're going to start with the barn. Auburn is traveling to Arkansas, where the Hogs are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you hate, Ellis Metz? You know, I got to kind of own up to a goof last week. Oh, dear. Because we picked, and, and this was dumb. We should have seen the writing on the wall. It was an amateur move, but we picked Kentucky to cover the two points at home. Oh, we're the stupidest people alive. Obviously, obviously. But anybody listening, Dad, uh, has learned <laughs> hey, that Dad. by now. So I'm going to try to learn a little better this week, and I'm going to make Arkansas at minus 5.5 my hate of the week. Do tell. Uh, I think, you know, last week I said Auburn doesn't have any weapons. I don't know how they're going to score. And I still believe that to hold true. But the fact is, it's Auburn. They're going to get better and better each week. uh, Despite being just a truly bad team, they will still learn to compete with every team that they're put on the field with. It's some... Oh, to the point where they'll be the damn Green Bay Packers by the time exactly. uh, no, yeah. the Iron Bowl rolls. Around. That's what I'm getting at. It's some demonic possession that they have where by the end of the season they're playing at peak football every year. Uh, mm-hmm. And so anyway, hating the backs, what about you? I am going to go with you on that. Mm-hmm. I uh, They were horrible last week. Just an absolute dumpster fire. Really Kentucky had no reason to lose that game. Right. But Kentucky did Kentucky things. Now, Arkansas, Arkansas will be able. I, Arkansas will be able to run the ball, but for some reason, I agree with you. They plus Auburn for whatever reason has decided they hate Arkansas. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, well, just, actually, uh, I can. Uh, Bert has been feuding publicly with Gus. Oh, good. Apparently, before the season, he said some stuff like. I don't particularly care for it. was literally like to the extent of I don't particularly care for Gus Malzahn. Oh, well, well, then it makes you like Gus a little bit more then, doesn't it? <laughs> That's <laughs> so true. But uh, I think Gus going back to Arkansas to run his high school offense where he ran his high school offense, oh, I think he has sweet. something to prove. Yeah, I think he has something to prove, and I agree with you. I think Arkansas, I mean, I think Auburn covers that five and a half. I don't know if they win the game. But it, it's within five and a half. Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. I don't know if they win, but put your money on the barn. Uh, moving right along to a game played here in the lovely confines of, is it Vanderbilt Stadium? I think it's called Vanderbilt yeah, Stadium. Yeah, I believe it's that creative, yeah. Yeah, here in Nashville. Uh, Mizzou rolls into town, and they are minus two against the Doors. Who you hate? Oh, I hate the Doors, son. Ooh. Ooh. This is my hate of the week. Mizzou goes to Athens and plays a three-point game in what had to be the most fantastic nine-to-six game you could ever lay your eyes on. Um, just nothing. Nobody moved the ball. Nothing ever really happened. If you hear something being chewed, that's my dog. He had something. Um, I'm sure what it is. I hope he doesn't choke. Damn, uh, nevertheless, you know, hey, Steve. Uh, so, but I, I think Mizzou is Mizzou is still not a bad team. Uh, they are a mediocre team, whereas Vandy is a really bad team. I think they go into <clears throat> Vanderbilt, Commodore, whatever you call it, stadium, and cover by 17. 
What about wow. yourself? Big win. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I think both of these teams are pretty hideous and uh, just not fun to watch, but somebody's got to win, and <laughs> that somebody is not going to be Vandy. So, uh, hating the doors. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the boring game of the week, uh, at LSU, Western Kentucky rolls in. The number is pretty low. It's mm-hmm. 16 and a half. Um, my take on this game and. The guys over at and the over at over at and the Valley Show, the SBN uh, program over at LSU, have said, and I tend to believe them usually, um, that unless it's Louisiana Lafayette or Tulane, uh, LSU does not cover an out of conference game, and they're usually mm-hmm. right. But this number is so low. Um, I'm going to roll with hating on the Western Kentucky Hill Hilltoppers. See, I kind of disagree with you. I think this is a really interesting game. Okay. Uh, Western Kentucky has been just rolling along. Their offense uh, is still set on the foundation of one Bobby Petrino, who knows how to run a fun offense. Yeah, he and, does. And, and, or a man of motorcycle. That's offense better than motorcycles. Better than. Um, so I think the hell of a neck brace, son. Oh, man. That was such a great PR move looking back. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, I really think that this is probably the game where they just give it to Fournette till he gets like 400 yards. Uh, it's interesting because LSU seems to be establishing um, kind of a passing game, which mm-hmm. nobody really saw coming. Uh, so their offense is certainly multidimensional uh, now, and I... I think while Western Kentucky is good, I don't think they'll have much success down at Tiger Stadium, so I'm hating the Hilltoppers. Fair enough. Yeah. The interesting, to me, the most interesting game of the week. Mm. Uh, both teams coming off a loss, one far more humiliating than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas A&M coming off a loss to your Crimson Tide is getting five and a half points at Ole Miss, who's just coming off a loss to the Memphis Tigers, who you hate. You know, they call this game uh, standing room only. No chairs because their butts are all too sore from getting beat last weekend. Am I right? Delete your account. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> oh, boy. I'll hang up and listen. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, this all just depends on whether Ole Miss gives up or decides to prove that they deserve to beat Alabama, which I think everybody knows was a fluke at this point. Right. Uh, Kim Dietschy is concussed. From running the ball, uh, going back here. Yes. Why do, you, why, do you your, yep. why do you put your best player in on a trick play and then it blows up in your face? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Hugh got a little taste of karma there. Uh-huh. A&M, I think, will be severely downtrodden after that trouncing. A lot of teams will get their butts beat by Alabama and kind of come back with a vengeance, but Kyle Allen just looks so confused and so helpless. I think Ole Miss learns that if they just throw the ball to Treadwell, they can make good things happen. So I'm hating the Aggies here. Totally agree. Uh, I believe the I, I don't have any I don't have any you know statistics or anything you know factual in front of me. But teams coming off the Alabama loss after they just get beaten up generally do not perform well the next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I so I tend to think that's what's going to happen here. Even without Nkandiji, Ole Miss's defense is filthy. Uh, do they have 
What's his? Do they have Tunsil back? Tunsil is allegedly returning Saturday, and I think that makes a world of difference for them. Mm -hmm. um, I so I tend to think that Ole Miss is just better than A and M. So you know, I I am going to hate on the Aggies here. All right, I like it. Moving to your second favorite SEC team. Go to hell. <laughs> the Moo U Cowbells are at home where they are minus 11 with Kentucky coming to Starkville. Who you hate? Uh, well, one thing I'm not hating is a text from our one listener, Fred Metz, who I just got a text from screaming, let's go Cubs. And All right. Holler back at you there, Fred. Uh -huh. Um. 11 is is low. I'm hating on Kentucky, man. I hate MU, but at home, uh, I just don't see them pulling it out. I, I, I After getting just beaten in a game they should not have lost at all with Auburn, I see them going down to state and getting run out the building to the tune of 30 to 10. What about yourself? This is going to be one of those games that our listeners tune into, and I say listeners now because I didn't know Steve was in the room. So right, we have obviously Steve. two uh, that our listeners tune into for the hot takes because I have absolutely no factual or even logical evidence to back this up, but I just think it's a weird enough game that Kentucky hangs around. Okay. Uh, I think they keep it close and maybe lose by ten. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's move on to the final hate of the hate of that final hate. Well, not so much hate of the week. Well, well really, it is anything involving Tennessee it is, is a the hate biggest of the week. hate. Yeah, let's move on to the game. The Tennessee Volunteers travel to your Bryant Denny Stadium, where your Crimson Tide is favored by fourteen and one half points. Let's talk about it. Can you hear me doing? I'm I'm rubbing my palms together like Birdman over here. Outstanding. Uh, yeah, feels good. You know, it, it's a big game. There were some hilarious quotes from our players this week saying they had no idea that Alabama was on a 20 million game winning streak against Tennessee. <laughs> right. My ass hurts. Loved that. But, you know, you, you look at the coaches and it's like, what can I say about Butch Jones that hasn't been said about Caitlyn Jenner's member? It's got a weird shaped head and it can't finish the job. It's That's just... Awesome. Uh, yeah, do you like that? Do, okay, this is our last episode of this podcast. <laughs> Guys, it's been fun. It's been fun for me. Um, but at, at the same time, Butch has brought some discipline to the program. Now, instead of just suspending him for the first quarter, he actually hits his own players and then gives it to the UT Judiciary Committee to suspend them for one quarter. Exactly. Really an impressive performance. And my last joke I'm going to leave off, but I'll text it to anyone who asks later because it is hilarious. Just oh, as hilarious as I am, um, that's that's just a, that's a dick move right there. Okay, okay, I didn't <laughs> take. All right, so what is the difference between UT and ISIS? Go. When an eighteen-year-old girl leaves home for ISIS, her family's still willing to take her back. Oh. Hey -oh. Hey -oh. oh. 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 All right. All, all right. That's all, all right. I got. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm feeling good over here. Come for the bad analysis. Stay for the yes, bad Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, I think there are a number of things working in our favor. Most importantly, that our defense is clicking on all cylinders, which is fantastic. Uh, I think Tennessee's offense relies on kind of these long, sustained drives that chew up the clock, that get to a third and short and kind of convert and convert and convert, which I don't see them doing against us. Right. 
Uh, I think their defensive backs have some of the worst tackling I've seen in years. Good friend of the program and noted Vol, uh, Rebel Dave, told me the other day that their defensive backs couldn't tackle his own father. None of you know Rebel Dave's father, but he's uh, up in years and up in in poundage. Is he mobile? He is. It, that's relative, you know, kind of. Okay, fair, fair, fair. fair. <laughs> uh, so I think maybe we, I think Lane has another great game. He was brilliant at times in Neyland Stadium last year. Uh, I think we probably put the ball, hopefully, in our Darius Stewart's hands. I'd like to see him make some plays. I think Ridley continues to show out. And I like the tide here. I want us to cover that 14 and a half more than I've wanted anything in my life. I like us about 34 to 14, hating them Tennessee Vols. How about you? It, it ain't hard to hate a Tennessee Vol. That's right. Um, Because nothing sucks like a big orange. Ah, you worked it in. I'm so glad. Of course I did. Um, I I think it's closer than what you're thinking it is. Ugh. But I do think Lane Kiffin is going to roll in there with a with a big chip on his shoulder again. Shooting guns uh, into the stands. I God, I hope so. That Finger was guns, favorite. that is. Exactly. That was my favorite thing that has happened in life. Um, so I tend to agree. I think I, I think they're not they're not going to be able to stop the tide. Um, I do think they're going to get a few points. Uh, I think Josh Dobbs will make a few plays to get them in position to make some make some touchdowns. With that, my number is God. I wanted it to be thirty four twenty, but that's not a cover. And I do think we cover this number. I think it's thirty-seven twenty. Mm. Polish sausage comes through at the end. I believe he, I, he won't be the game winner. God for God's sake! <laughs> if he is, uh, you know, hey, I will, I will sacrifice whatever goats you want to bring to me. But uh, yes, I, I think pull it out. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, final acknowledgement. You can find us once again on Facebook. Uh, Hounds Tooth Heroes. There on Twitter, we are at H Tooth Heroes. We are totally subscribable to on iTunes. It's subscribable. I'll look it up later. Yeah. But we are there, and you can find us, and you can listen to us. And we are also on SoundCloud. I believe we are H-Tooth Heroes there as well. Exactly. Well, we are Houndstooth Heroes on SoundCloud, but it doesn't matter. That's why I don't do that part. <laughs> exactly. Again, big thanks to Wild Bill's Wing Sauce for the delicious food. Uh, join us again for the Roll Bama Roll Tailgate. In front of Bid Good Hall on Saturday, the libations start flowing about 9.30. Take us home, big brother. All right. Well, y'all be good. Go to hell, Tennessee. Roll Tide.